you know, this one is dedicated to one of my favorite founding fathers, Aaron Burr, for ridding us of the plague that was Alexander Hamilton by shooting and killing him. As you may know, Alexander Hamilton was the nation's first cuck. Hello, welcome to Storytime with Dave. I am your host, Dave. Today we're going to be talking about American history. Isn't that exciting and fun? The real stuff. None of this court historian bullshit. Term coined by Donald Jeffries. I'm reading his book right now. Crimes and cover-ups in American politics from 1776 to 1963. It's a very good one, albeit controversial, but you know I like that. You know, here at Storytime with Dave, that's what we like. Taking a sip of water. You know, before we get into all of that, let's discuss a few things off the top. I have ideas, and um, let's talk about them. First of all, I just went home to pick up my car, right? I need my car for the weekend, so I went to my parents' house to get my car. Listen to what my mom said. It was so funny because me and my mom like to debate things in a playful way. Sometimes she gets a little worked up. It's fine. I'm usually good at um, bringing things back to a good level. You know, we don't want to get into an argument. You want to avoid that. You don't want to get emotional. There are times to be emotional and there are times to not be emotional. If you're having debates about politics or medical tyranny, for example, you want to leave the emotion out of it as much as you possibly can. And note that when, especially when it comes to the medical tyranny, almost every argument in favor of medical tyranny relies upon emotion. You see, because you go, wait a minute, this is blatantly, right, blatantly what we have seen is a violation of our freedom and liberty. And obviously those are now right-wing things. Amazingly, you, you can't even believe it, how far we've come. Now, if you want freedom, I'm a one-issue voter, okay? Freedom, that's what I'm about. So apparently I'm a fascist and racist. That's where we are now. Those in favor of freedom, fascist. Those in favor of authoritarianism, compassionate. So when you bring up these obvious points of contention, things to be considered, things worth considering, such as I don't care if there is a quote-unquote pandemic, especially if it's a scam, even if it was real. Even if this pandemic was real, I would still not be in favor of foregoing our constitutional rights, which are God-given rights, whether you believe in God or not, that is what is written in the Constitution, to preserve rights that are given to us by our Creator, or perhaps programmer, if this is a simulation. But these are our, our unalienable rights, correct? We all have all heard of that. But then they'll say, but people are dying! People, but you don't understand. Listen, first of all, you know those numbers are overblown. You know that. Don't even try to, 600,000, you really believe that for real. 
How am I supposed to take you seriously now? How am I supposed to take you seriously now? Okay, and it's irrelevant. It's it's just then you can go look at what they're doing in New Zealand. Look at what they're doing in Australia. Look at what they're doing in Canada. You'd be way happier there. Okay, if there's one place you don't get to do that, you don't get to change all the rules. You don't get to change all the rules because you don't like it anymore because you are a status cuck. It doesn't mean you get to inflict that upon the rest of us. You've done enough. I mean, fractional banking has done enough to enslave us. Why do you have to pile on? The state doesn't need your help. How do people not understand this? The state does not need your help. Okay, they're doing a fine job of ridding us of our remaining rights. You don't need to help. They don't need you. You're not going to get a pat on the head. You're going to get thrown in the FEMA camp right next to me. Okay? And I'm, I've am i been working out a lot. Okay? I work out every day now. Because I'm going to be ready for the camps and you're not. All right? I'm going to go into the camp in tip-top shape. And it's going to take a lot longer for the starvation to get to me. Okay? And so I'm going to be in better condition when there's scarce goods and we're forced into labor. Now, who knows if that'll happen? I'm just saying it's a possibility and I'm going to be way better off than you. Obviously not you, my listener. You know who we're talking about. We're talking about the other yous, the people who don't need, the people who don't listen to this, but need to. Although they'd get emotional, see? They'd get very emotional about it. They'd get all worked up. And they'd say, how could you say those things? It's the Delta variant. They'd start talking about the Delta variant, which is probably people getting sick from the vaccine. Okay, if there even is a Delta variant, which there's probably not. So, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, we could break this thing down on multiple levels, people. This is what my mom said to me. Listen to this. I feel like there's things I'm missing already. There's things that popped into my head. Talk about that. Talk about that. We'll try to get to it all. I haven't done a podcast in like, what what has it been, like 10 days now? Maybe two weeks. I'm not sure. It might be two weeks at this point. So I'm sorry I missed a week, but here I am. And maybe I'll go a little bit longer. But that's saying a lot given that we're only six minutes in right now. Hold on. I got to send a text message really quick and I'll, I'll tell you what my mom said. Okay, so we're talking about, listen, if you want medical tyranny, then go to Canada. I don't know what to tell you. It's close. But to be honest with you, it's kind of hard, believe it or not, getting Canadian citizenship is not that easy. This is what people think. Your perception is not reality. Canada is just about as strict, if not more strict than the United States. I'm not even allowed to go there, I don't think, because I got a DUI. I think I'd have to bribe. I think I would have to bribe the government to let me in. I think that's the only way I'm allowed to get into the country, if I'm not mistaken. I don't even want to give it a try because I have no interest in going to Canada. I went there once. It was lovely. We had got a, Me and some friends got a lake house outside of Montreal. It was beautiful. This was before they turned into a completely authoritarian country. I mean, it's bad up there. It's not probably maybe I'm engaging in hyperbole a little bit. It's not as bad as New Zealand and Australia. They're fucked. They're done. I didn't think they were going to go down first. You would think that Australia, where if, is this true? Is that, is that a true thing? I don't know. 
I don't know if it's a true thing that they sent um, prisoners there and that's kind of how it started, that the British sent prisoners there and then that's how it started. But wow, what they are back to being prisoners. Things went full circle in Australia. They are back to being prisoners. And this is the problem. And look, here's a controversial statement. You want to talk about January 6th, which was definitely had FBI involvement. We know that there were agent provocateurs. We know that. Okay, but we don't even have to talk about that. Things like that happening are good. Yes, I said it. The government should fear the people. The government should be afraid of the people. It should not be the other way around. Okay? We've forgotten about that. And reading about American history has reminded me of that. Especially the early days. People like our greatest founder, Thomas Jefferson. Okay? And we'll talk about why he's the GOAT. And we'll talk about why Alexander Hamilton was our nation's first cuck. We'll talk about why Aaron Burr did us all a favor, even though Aaron Burr was no great guy himself. We'll get into all of that because when you learn about real history, it is jarring because you realize that not only have you been so grossly misled, but so is everyone else, including the leaders. In fact, call them what they are. They are corporate representatives. Their representatives will still give them that Um will still give them that title. They are representatives. It's that, it's just that they don't represent the people that elect them. They represent the corporations that fund them. Again, this is common knowledge stuff. You guys come here because you know that. You guys come here because you know that. The people who don't know that, who think Elizabeth Warren is out there fighting for common people, the people who think that is the truth, those are the people we're worried about. Those are the people who are actively helping the state. Those are the people who will rat you out. Those are the people who would tell on you if you if you were hiding Jews in your attic. Okay, if you were hiding Jews in your attic and they were your neighbor, they would tell on you and get you and those Jews killed. That's what they would do. That's who these people are. The more willing a person is to comply with the state and their demands, no matter how absurd and ridiculous they are, the more likely they would have been a Nazi. And that's a, a comparison that everyone loves to make, but seldom is it actually used accurately. And honestly, right now, it's basically white liberals would have all been Nazis. Let's be honest. Can we do that? Is that okay? And a lot of conservatives would have been too, just because they would have wanted to be cool with the, the brown shirts. They would have they, they would have said thin brown line. That's what they would have said. They would have said brown lives matter, but they would have been talking about brown shirts. They would have been talking about people rounding up Jews. They would have said brown lives matter. And then the liberals would be like, you're not supposed to hide Jews. The government said not to do that. I'm telling on you. That was what the liberals would do. So the conservatives would go, I support the police. I support the brown shirts. And the liberals would go, oh, you're hiding Jews, but the government said not to. I'm telling on you. That's what the dynamic would be. So there, no one's helping us, man. This is why we need the anarchists to unite. And maybe the libertarians can be there too, some of them. Hold on, I'm taking a sip. Here's what I want to talk to you about. 
Listen to this real quick. Here's my idea. Tell me if you think it's a good idea. I don't know if I should do it. I'm going to do it, and I'm just going to throw it out there. You have a podcast for a while. I've had this for like two years, right? Maybe more. You're always thinking about, I do the podcast because I like doing the podcast. And you guys listen to the podcast because you like the podcast because it's good. We all know that's true. I'm just telling us things that we all know are true. I'm doing that thing that Donald Trump says, where I say something, I assert something as a fact, and then I say that we all know that's true. And then maybe if you didn't know that was true before, now you do because I said that. We all know that's true. You do a podcast, but you're always thinking like maybe down the road I could turn this into something that can generate me some income. You know what I mean? Because that's what a lot of us are trying to do is to escape corporate slavery. I count myself among, among those people. I'm one of these people who... I am a corporate slave. Granted, it is a pretty good corporate slave um, situation that I have because it allows me for a decent amount of free time during my corporate slavery. But I'm certainly paid like a corporate slave. It's not good. And so I don't need more money, but I do. It's not like I'm going to die without it, but it'd be really nice. This is what we're going to do. I don't want to do a Patreon because I don't like that whole subscription fee, monthly payment. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I want to do the no agenda style. This is what we're going to do. Check this out. I don't want to do the Patreon thing. I don't want to get enough listeners that I can that I can monetize with ads because I don't want to do that. You know what's so annoying? I follow one podcast. Um, which one is it? I think it's Jay Dyer. I listen to his podcast and he clearly allows for like a third party to do the ads. Like he doesn't choose the ads and he's like a, a free thinker. He's a conspiracy guy. And the thing is, I'll listen to his podcast and there will be a spawn, like an, an ad from a sponsor. It'll be a vaccine ad. And then the podcast is about how it's dangerous. The podcast is about how the vaccine is dangerous, but the ad is about Go get the vaccine. And I'm like, this is, does he even know? I'm like, does he even realize? Like, and then I also don't like the, uh, hey guys, um, you know, are you trying to quit smoking? Try fume or whatever. I don't want to do that either. I don't want to do ad reads. I don't want to do ads. That's all it is. Why? I feel like that, that, uh, I don't know. It's just, it becomes like a product then. The whole thing becomes a product. I don't like that. And then, and then, and then I got to market things. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to do it the way that no agenda does it, where it's just like, you just give me whatever you want. Okay. This is what I want to do. Let's give it a shot. I'm expecting nothing to be honest with you. I'm just going to tell you what my Venmo is, is David dash Namery. Okay. It's David dash Namery. It's very simple. You can find me. I think there's a picture of me doing comedy. That's the picture. It's like me with a microphone. You'll know it's me. David Dash Namery. There's only one of those. And um, you could just give me whatever. You can Don't give me like five cents being a dick. You know, you want to give me enough for like, you want to give me a couple bucks? Just throw me a couple bucks. If you really like the episode, if the episode taught you something, or if you laughed and enjoyed yourself and you were like, that was a damn good episode, then throw me some money, son. Pay me. You don't have to, and and 
here's how we're going to do it. Listen, you can give me whatever you want. You can give me $5. You can give me $25. You can give me $150,000. Whatever you think is fair. You know, only those three. You can only give me $5, $25, or $150,000. No, I'm just kidding. You can give me whatever you want. I don't care. Because that's the other thing. I think people undermine themselves. This is like Adam Curry's brought this up. You guys should listen to No Agenda. That's my favorite podcast. I feel like I've recommended it before, but this is how they do it. And they just get random donations from people. And, you know, so people, I mean, especially because their listenership are like, I'd say basically from about age, let's say the younger listeners are around my age, which is 28. And the older listeners are like Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak's age. They're like old. So they got a lot of people who just throw money around. Like these wealthy people will just like throw them like $1,500 or something. It's crazy, dude. It's awesome. So I'm not expecting you to throw me $1,500. I'm not expecting you to throw me any money. But I am saying like you just wait and wait and wait when you have something like this. Someday I'll monetize this. Someday I'll monetize this trying to make some money off. And I'm like, why not now? I don't have a lot of listeners, big picture. I'd say if you're uh, one of the, for, for a like, small scale operation we got going here, I have like a fine amount of listeners that I'm happy about. And a lot of you guys are really like it. You like it a lot. So you're good listeners and you're consistent. Okay. You listen to all the episodes usually. The numbers are pretty consistent. So you like it. You're sticking around. It's good. You don't really share it very much. I guess I don't really ask you to, but if you want to share it, but that's the other thing you might share it. See, you might be going out of limb. This is why I don't even expect you to share it because I say some things that maybe you like privately, but maybe publicly, you don't want people to know that you like that. And so by sharing me, you might be guilty by association and it's wrong that that's the case, but that is sometimes the case and you know that it is. And maybe you want to avoid that and you don't want to be sharing like someone followed me on Instagram earlier and it's, it's a definitely woke person. I'm not going to say who it is, but this person followed me and I was like, they're hate following me. I think it's because I made this post here. Let me show you what I did. Hold on. Tell me what you think about that idea though, because here's the idea. Hang on. Let me, let me show you. First of all, let me just quickly tell you um, what I posted that I think might've prompted a hate follow. I think I have hate followers. If you don't have hate followers, what are you doing? You need to have enemies and friends. This is what I said. Okay, so someone tweeted something. I don't, oh, Matt Taibbi tweeted something about the government. And we could talk about this a little bit. The government is now openly admitting that they are involved with censorship on social media. And for a while, they were denying. Now... Um, Dr. Shiva is an interesting case and he's this guy who ran for Senate in Massachusetts and he definitely got fucked with by the establishment, both Republican and Democrat. And he was running as a Republican and he filed a lawsuit and he's in the midst of it. And through this lawsuit, he basically was able to find a back door. Maybe I told you guys about this. I think that I did. He found a back door between the Massachusetts government, the Massachusetts state government and Twitter and that they were cooperating with one another. And he was able to uncover this. And it even prompted the judge to appoint him a constitutional lawyer to assist him be, because he was doing this all alone. Now, I don't know if that's the best thing because what we've learned about lawyers is that most of them don't really know the law. 
but it's because of how they've been taught. It's the same way the doctors are taught to be drug dealers and they're incentivized to do so. And lawyers similarly are taught in a way that is counter whatever, you know, it's like it goes against what the actual laws are and I don't know. We can get into that. I feel like I've gotten into that with you before. But anyway, he was able to uncover this kind of like open secret through his own research. And he presented it to a judge. And the judge was like, this is crazy, dude. And the judge, he lucked out with the judge because the judge is older and close to retirement. So he doesn't care about political consequences, even if they want to kill him. I think he's, he's probably like, he's pretty old. So he's like, whatever. I'm done with these people. You got to love that. Anyway, they're now openly admitting it. They're not even like Jen Psaki, who, as No Agenda says, is the mouth hole of the state because she's the spokesperson, the White House spokesperson. And uh, she that they're just openly admitting it now. Yes, the government is urging private entities like Facebook and Twitter to censor. So I was curious about this, and I'm still curious about this. I don't see what the game plan is or what they have to gain from that. By keeping that a secret and keeping that under wraps and doing it through a back door, they were able to shield themselves with the private business excuse. And they could say, no, Facebook is a private corporation, and they can do what they want. They can censor who they want, and it is not a First Amendment violation. Once you bring in the government and once the government is openly admitting that they are engaging in censorship and they are directing corporations, private institutions to do their bidding and silence dissent, now it is a First Amendment issue. So they've invited that in and they've nullified the private business argument. They've nullified that. So I'm confused. I'm curious why they've done that. It doesn't seem to make much sense. And it seems to go against because they were doing so well. But I think maybe it just shows that it is getting away from them. Even they, I shouldn't even say they were doing so well. They were doing well enough getting high profile people removed. People like Alex Jones, but it doesn't end there. There's plenty of examples. <laughs> and the cucks cheer. The cucks cheer and they love it. They love it when the state... Uh, violates people's rights as long as they're people that they don't like. And then when it's them, they go, but, but why, why, is it, why are you doing it to me? Because I like it when you're doing it to people I didn't like. Why are you doing it to me now? And then you go, well, it was bound to happen to you sometime, you retard. I'm sorry. This is, see, it's things like that that you might not want to share it. And I understand that. Let me tell you why I got hate followed. Let me really quickly finish up with this idea about the Venmo thing. Just Venmo me money. If you like the podcast episode a lot, Venmo me money. And here's what's in it for you. Because there doesn't even have to be because you're getting the podcast for free all the time. But what I'm going to offer you is this. You could Venmo me. I'll, I'll shout you out and thank you for your donation. I won't even say how much it is. I'll just say that was a generous donation. If it was $5 or $500, I'll just say thank you so much. I'll shout you out. And for the description, listen to this. You, you put a description in the Venmo transaction for the description. If you'd like to hear me talk about something or rant about something or explore an idea or a conspiracy or something like that, or just talk about a topic, some of you are comedians and maybe you want to hear about, I don't know, we could talk comedy, whatever. 
Just leave it in the description. Tell me what you want me to do. Eventually, I'm going to set up a thing where we'll have like, I don't know, maybe we'll do like a live chat thing. And so you could kind of talk along with me while I'm doing that because I kind of like that. And if you do like a super chat, I think it's called super chat, then you could just make donations right there. So that'd be cool. Let's just do this, man. Like, why not? That's what I'm saying. Like, why not? Again, I'm expecting nothing. I'm expecting none of you to contribute. I really am not. If you do, it'll be very appreciated. Seriously. Even if it's just a little bit, it'd be pretty tight. I mean, like, you know, it's it's just something. I just feel like it'd be a nice way for you to show appreciation if you do enjoy the podcast. And it's a good podcast, okay? It is. I'm not just saying that. Back that shit up, son. Okay, so this is what I did. Now, let's talk about this. That's all I want to say on the topic. If you want me to talk about something, just put it in the description of the Venmo transaction. Even if you only Venmo me a little bit of money, I promise to devote at least a little bit of time. It'll be, look, if you send me like 20 bucks, then I'll talk about that thing for a while, maybe even a whole episode. If you send me like three bucks, I'll probably talk about it for five minutes. You know how it is. We'll play it by ear. We're figuring this out. This is a new evolution of the podcast. This is a new evolution of the podcast. Some of you have been here since the beginning when it used to be stories. It used to just be stories straight up, and that was a different time. That was a completely different time of the podcast. The podcast grows and evolves and changes over time, and it is what it is today because of your continued support. Thank you, and I love you, but it's not over. That's usually what I say at the end. Matt Taibbi posted something about Jen Psaki saying that whatever her fucking name is jen pisaki she was saying that the government is going to be more involved in censorship basically just laying it out on the line and matt taibbi because he's a journalist with integrity a real journalist and other journalists that i really enjoy such as glenn greenwald were um naturally they were disgusted by this especially being journalists with integrity you could not possibly support something so insanely I mean, it's literally fascist. I'm not saying that like the way that um, liberals do because liberals go, um, this guy didn't use my pronouns and that's literally fascism. And they say fash for short. They say fash. They say that's literally so fash. And the idea that they shorten it and make it sound almost cute is just is so them. It's so them. So, you know, it's not like a non-binary person saying, um, actually I'm they and you're literally fash. Okay. It's not like that. I'm saying it's a, a, one of the most important aspects of fascism is the relationship between corporations and the state. They work together in unison. This would be an example of that, a blatant example. The government at least is openly beckoning to Facebook to do their bidding. And so this is an at least an attempt at fascism. I mean, I don't know, because then once Facebook does start enacting stricter censorship, can you point to that and say, well, this is obviously because of this. This is obviously because the government asked for it. Because you'd, you'd be, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the court has to say. But you know what? The court has too much power, too. That's another thing we should talk about. The Supreme Court should not have this much power. This is not the way that things were supposed to be. And yet they are this way. And it's a problem. 
Let me tell you this. Matt Taibbi tweeted that thing. And here's what this guy says. And this wasn't even the worst one, I swear. There were worse ones. I'll find the one that was the worst of all. But this one was pretty bad. And I shared it on Instagram. This is why I think I got a new hate follower. Maybe this person's listening to the podcast right now. You know who you are. And it's fine. And I hope we can be friends. I posted this. I go, this guy goes, here's what this guy tweeted. His name's Mark. I'm not even going to try the last name. His name's Mark. He goes, I think posting lies about vaccines during a pandemic, especially when a new variant is increasing cases, shouldn't be protected by the First Amendment. It shouldn't be. There's new cases and there's a variant. It sh-. It's very emotional. You see, it's very emotional. And you notice how he says, I think. And thank goodness Mark is no one. Thank goodness for that. Now, I'm not putting myself above Mark. Well, Actually, I am. I am above Mark, but not because of my status in society. Certainly, I'm probably as low as he. But at least I am not this that way. At least I am not that way. Um, I think that, well, I, I think that uh, uh, the, uh, I think the, because the, there's, uh, there's cases are going up because there's a variant. So I think that we, we shouldn't have First Amendment anymore because there's cases and there's a variant. I think that we shouldn't have a First Amendment anymore because there's cases because of a variant because it's because they're saying bad things about the vaccine. So they shouldn't have a First Amendment. I don't like when they say those. I don't like when they make this misinformation. So I shared it and I shared it with... um my own caption i said exhibit a this is the cuckery we need to contend with i mean this is what i'm trying to tell people you know i tweeted something today and usually i try to tweet things that are funny but sometimes i tweet things that i actually think every now and again and this is what i tweeted and i think this i think this for real and i tweeted because everyone says um the greatest threat to our society, the greatest threat to our democracy was on June, on January 6th. I mean, it was when people were taking selfies in the Capitol building, it was the greatest threat since the Civil War. Joe Biden said that. That's crazy, dude. You know how many people died in the Civil War? Like 600,000, maybe as many as 800,000 people died in the Civil War. But January 6th is just as bad. I just made an emotional argument, so that makes me kind of a hypocrite. But it is ludicrous, is it not? Is that not insane? At least if you wanted to compare coronavirus to the Civil War, you'd kind of have the numbers right if you're using the fake number, of course. I have responses from Twitter. Let's see if anyone responded to me in a way that was fun. Okay, no, no one responded in a way that was fun. This is what I tweeted. I said, the greatest threat, and I mean this, the, great, the, the real dangerous threat to democracy is when men of a society become weak and obedient, parroting government talking points, okay? And I've talked about this all the time. These are the Yas Queen men, okay? These are the old Scots. I'm not talking about Scottish people. I'm talking about you, and, you know old Scott. Go listen to that episode. That's a great episode. You know old Scott. It's like episode 160 or something. Go listen to the episode. It's a good episode. It's these, it's because the men are the ones who are supposed to be more 
I don't got no, I would love for women to be on board with this too. And to be honest with you in the community of people who are giving resistance to this medical tyranny, a lot of them are women because they're doctors and they have intuition and they combine those things. Female doctors are very good for that reason because they have woman's intuition and you combine that with medical expertise and it's a good pairing because they know when things are wrong inherently. They know when things are wrong on like a deeper level. And so a lot of them have been very outspoken and very helpful. But it's the men who were supposed to be the ones like, take the fucking mask off, dude. Take the fucking mask off. You're a man. I don't care if you're on public transportation and the conductor's telling you to put your mask on, put your mask on, cover your nose, cover your nose. You know they don't work. They don't do anything. And even if they did do something, don't do it. Why are you complying? The men... When the men of the society become this weak, I mean, luckily, we're not as weak as Canadians, but that's next. You know, what's going to happen then? And somehow Australians are even weaker. I, that, that blows my mind. I thought Australians were strong people and they're not. They're not. They're weak, weak people. And it's got to be the men got to stand up because we have to we have to protect. That's what we are. I mean. That's what we're supposed to do, okay? Taking a sip of water because I'm worked up. We're supposed to do that. We're supposed to stand up to government tyranny. Like I said, the government should be afraid of us. We should not be afraid of the government. It'd be nice if we could all just get along. But that would require them to accurately represent the will of the people, which they don't do. So they deserve to be afraid. When I see those pictures of the senators or whatever, the Congress people hiding under under desks on January 6th, that makes me happy. Okay? FBI, are you listening? Yes, I'm a problem. I really should be more careful because they're going to come for me and it's not going to be good. But, I, you know, this is what you have to do. I mean, I'll die on this hill. And in that FEMA camp. And I'll, I will go on a hunger strike when I'm in the FEMA camp. I will go on a hunger strike because I have to lead. I'm a leader. Okay. It's time for you to lead too because the people who control this country have no interest in doing so. Yes. Oh, we're cooking, baby. Listen, um, here is a good one. I'm trying to find it. I'm I'm on uh, Twitter. I'm trying to find it. I will find it because we are now in a pandemic of the unvaccinated and people are getting sick. Some are dying. Hospitals are getting slammed in some places. No evidence. All because they're following alternative social and broadcast media and ignoring mainstream media. That's what this person said. Got ratioed. Sometimes you're just there for the ratio. Let me show you this one. Um, one more, one more second. I will find this. I really will find this. I really, really, really will. I really promise I'll find this. Hey, I really promise. I'll... Here it is. I found it. Glenn Greenwald tweeted the following about. Let's start from the beginning. We're in regular touch with social media platforms. This is what Jen Psaki said about COVID-19 related misinformation. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. You see how this is bad? Do you see how this is bad? Do you not see how this is bad? Nazi, get it? I didn't mean that. 
if you don't see how this is bad, why? I can't believe you're still listening. I'm actually kind of proud of you. If you're hate listening this long, where are we at? We're at 36 minutes. If you've been hate listening this whole time, if you can withstand this for a hate listen, then I'm actually impressed because I can't even listen to the New York Times daily podcast for this long. So I'm actually impressed. And you know what? You, then I, I, would, I would actually take your criticism seriously. If you can cite my podcast, if you hate me and you hate listen, and you can cite my podcast like this deep in things that I'm saying and take issue with them, I'll actually hear you out. I'll give you a fair hearing because that is damn impressive. If you can make it that long, I'd be really impressed. So that's what this person, uh, that's what uh, Jen Psaki said. And then Glenn Greenwald, my boy, he tweeted, the Biden administration is telling Facebook which posts it regards as problematic so that Facebook can remove them. This is the union of corporate and state power, one of the classic hallmarks of fascism, I told you guys, that the people who, sp who spent five years babbling about fascism support. What he's saying is the people who called Trump a, a fascist over and over for five years for things that weren't actually fascist. I mean, maybe some of it was. I, I'd be willing to concede that. Hold on, sip of water. But certainly not all of it. I mean, probably just a little bit of it, if any. But this is right for real in your face. And the people who are supporting it are the people who are yelling about how Trump was a fascist for five years. You see, it's similar to the incredible mental gymnastics that people have to do to say, why are people contesting this election? It's dangerous to contest an election. It's dangerous to say that there was voter fraud. It's dangerous to say that Joe Biden didn't win the election with 81 million votes. It's dangerous to say that Donald Trump actually won the election. After those same people for four years said that the only reason Trump won is because of Russian interference. It's amazing that people are able to do this. It really is. You, I mean, what can you even say? It's stunning. It's stunning. But it's hypnosis. That's why the only way I can describe it is with a spell, like a magical spell has been cast, and these people are hypnotized. I don't know how else you could live like this. I don't know how else you can live like it. I still got to tell you the thing my mom said, and that'll deal with hypnosis too. I'll tell you that in a second. Foreshadowing. That's how I keep you listening. It's usually by accident. So Glenn tweeted that and then listen to what this person said. His name's Rodrigo and he has a hammer and sickle in his name. Here's what I got to say too. Let me read you his tweet first just so we don't get off track. And then I'll tell you the thing about the hammer and sickle. <coughs> he said, no, Glenn, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Yeah, you tell him, Rodrigo. The anti-vax content is akin to induce people to suicide. Very similar to yell fire in a theater. It's a question of common sense. And the social media always have been blocking that kind of harmful content. It's not about general content. What does that last thing even mean? It's not about general content. What are you saying, Rodrigo? So Rodrigo says that posting anti-vaccine information that he describes as misinformation most of the time it's pretty accurate so reporting accurately about the risks of taking the vaccine is akin to induce people to suicide i think he meant inducing people what i don't even think you would use the word it would be 
He's saying it's about the same as making people commit suicide. Why don't you just, why don't you just say murder, Rodrigo? Because you don't have the guts. You don't have the guts. You're a cuck just like Alexander Hamilton. And to think this episode was going to be about American history. Well, there's still time. The apartment's empty right now, and it hasn't been for a while, so I should really take advantage of this and maybe do a longer-than-usual episode. One sec. Okay, I'm back. I just I had just texting. I don't mean to be distracted, and I know exactly where I was, and I know I, I, I was only gone for, like, I paused it. That's what I do sometimes. I pause. Rodrigo has a hammer and sickle. Here's what I want to say about the hammer and sickle. These people are not even real communists. You know, it almost makes you respect communists. It almost makes you respect communists. Well, no, because I mean the 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 communists like you know firebrands like the the leaders and they did create a system that was that was horribly authoritarian and and murderous. But they certainly were not huge fags. I'm sorry. I'm trying to use that word less. No, I'm not. I'm not. I can't do that. I can't let the mob win. I have to be. It's an important word. And you need to use it for guys like Rodrigo. He thinks that if you look at this guy's picture, he just looks like such a pussy. And he's out of he's not in good shape and he's a man and he looks like he's around my age he might be a little younger and he's got this big double chin and it's like rodrigo you need oh he's he's from a different he's from brazil he's brazilian okay interesting he's from brazil i don't know it's like this is a problem because I'm like, Rodrigo, look, man, you're out of shape. You got to get in the gym and you got to get your testosterone levels regulated. And then you won't be saying things like this. This is a crisis in our society. Weak men. And I'm talking about Rodrigo. I'm talking about people like Rodrigo who say that accurately reporting about adverse events related to the vaccine is akin to making people commit suicide. This is what we're contending with out here. And I don't know what else to call him but a fag. I can call him a cuck. But I, I probably use that word too much and I have to diversify my words a little bit. And it's not it's not fair. <laughs> Listen, man. I wish the communists were more like the original communists, like the OGs, because they were powerful people and they had convictions. And even though they ended up being wrong, they didn't know they were going to be wrong. At the time, it probably seemed like a good idea. And sure, they were getting money from sketchy banking interests. And if you look back to the funding of the Bolshevik revolution, it's it's certainly odd. The same goes for the uh, Chinese Communist Party. It's certainly odd what was going on there. But the people who were in charge, these were not weak people. And the, the boots on the ground, these were not weak people. And now you have people like Rodrigo... And I don't like communism, but I don't even like that he has the hammer and sickle in his in his name. I don't even like that he has it. I'm like, you don't even deserve that, bro. 
It's like when I see people, because I'll be balanced here and I'll be fair. It's like when I see people cucking hard for the police and they have an American flag in their name. And I go, no, you don't deserve to have that American flag in your name because by cucking for the police, the, the arm of the state, you know, the people who will do what the state says no matter what, no matter what it means for you, even if it means throwing you in a FEMA camp, for example, where I'll be having a hunger strike and I will lead you because you're going to need leadership in that goddamn camp. And I'm going to be in great shape and I'm going to lead you. Okay. And we're going to figure it out. Hopefully we don't have to go there, but we might. So when you have that American flag out there and you're talking about blue lives matter, blue lives matter, I go, no, take the American flag down then. Take it down. Don't put it in your name because you don't know what that means. We've been so misguided that neither of the, I think that people are better off knowing nothing. Someone who knows really nothing about history or the Constitution is better than someone who's been horribly misinformed about it. I don't even like using that word anymore because they've poisoned it. But you're better off to be uninformed than misinformed. And the conservatives are just as misinformed on a lot of this stuff as the liberals. It's just that the liberals are really flexing their authoritarian muscle and they want you to do what they say. And it wasn't always that way because that was the conservatives for a while. But be in the here and now. Be in the here and now. You need to be in the moment for a second. Look around. Who's telling you what to do? Who's telling you to pull that mask up over your nose? Um, you're not wearing the mask properly? By the way, my pronouns are they, them. And if you use them incorrectly, that's violence. And it's akin to making me commit suicide. Who's doing that? Okay? Who's doing that? Recognize what is real. Recognize what is real. That's all I'm asking. Recognize reality. Recognize the reality that is before you, please. That is all I ask. I'm not asking that much. And, you know, pay me. That's all I'm asking. All right, let me tell you about this. Um, let me see if I got any other good shit. Twitter is, I mean, it's a horrible place, but it's a great place. And you, you only really know what that means, I guess, if you are on Twitter. And then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because it's a horrible place, but it's a great place. Oh, wait. Let's see this. Ready? Listen to this. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, it really... Okay, I'm sorry that the sound was like that. Because I guess he's in front of a jet. That's a clip of a reporter asking... Joe Biden, what's your message to platforms like Facebook? And Joe Biden responds by going, he thinks about it for a second, and then he goes, they're killing people. So this is where we're at. Words are violence. Misinformation is murder. And also suicide. Misinformation is murder-suicide now. The president of the United States is saying that Facebook is killing people. Okay? So what's going on? And if Facebook, if Mark Zuckerberg was the type of man that I'm talking about, the good kind, he would say, fuck you, Joe Biden. 
kill yourself or something like that. I don't know. If he'd say that in an official statement, I don't think he would. But don't enforce this man's rules then. If he's going to come out here and say Mark Zuckerberg's platform is killing people, then you know what, Mark? Fuck that guy. Don't listen to him. Why would you listen to him? But you will because you have been. Because this has been going on. They've just never been this explicit about it. It's been going on. They have these committee hearings where they bring in Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey and whoever else, and they explain to them, we want you to do this. We want you to censor this. We want you to get rid of this person. We want you to do this and do this. And then they do it. But for some reason, people were always still just using the private company argument. It's a private corporation. They can do what they want. They can do what they want. And like I said earlier, it just seems really strange. I don't get it. Which is concerning, because usually it's pretty clear. Like, when the Haitian president was assassinated, I was like, CIA, no question. You know, let's just say broad, more broadly, American intelligence. Let's just say that. American intelligence, okay, bingo, we know what's going on. New World Order stuff, it's very clear. There's no questions. It's not worrying, really. I mean, it's unfortunate that we still do that. It's unfortunate that we still do that. We orchestrate coups in other countries by assassinating leaders that we don't like anymore, even though we put them into power in the first place or whatever. You know, we Gaddafi them. So when things like that happen, I'm like, at least it makes sense and I know what's going on and I can't do anything about it. So it, that, that part, but whatever, you accept that. You don't think you're going to make a big change and no, none of that. But at least you just understand, okay, this is what's going on. We get it. We get it. It makes sense. But, you know, when you look at something like that, when you look at something like that, you, you just go, what, why? That doesn't make sense. And then that's, I don't like that. That doesn't make sense at all. So I don't know what's going on there, but maybe we'll find out as uh, as these things pan out. But now, it, like Joe Biden's going to war with Facebook, basically. It's so weird. What's going on? I should be advising Joe, and I should be Joe's spokesperson. I'm a way better liar than Jen Psaki. She's a terrible spokeswoman. And, and she's got the easiest job because most of the media is liberal establishment cucks. So they won't actually ask hard questions. Trump's spokespeople had a harder job because more of the outlets are were aggressive toward them. And now you have a situation where they're like, Joe, hey, Joe, what, what kind of ice cream do you like? Uh, it's chocolate chip. Pre breaking president eating chocolate chip two scoops this is what they do that's journalism now journalism is how many scoops of ice cream is joe biden eating and what flavor this is what i said to my mom no my mom said this to me it was funny we were arguing because i was trying to make the point like do you guys like dystopian fiction? I mean, you like 1984 and you like Brave New World, right? We've talked about these before. And 
There's a book called We or The Iron Heel. I forget who We is by. It's some Russian guy. It's really good. Then you got The Iron Heel by Jack London, who wrote the books about the wolves. What were those books? White Fang and like, what's the other one? I don't know. You probably read it in high school. You're like, that guy wrote a dystopian fiction? Yeah, he did. I like dystopian fiction. And one thing that I've been kind of enjoying about this, because I can't, it really bothers me most of it. But again, it's like outside your control. I don't let it literally bother me on a day to day. I just kind of use the podcast to vent about it. This is where it all comes out. And then otherwise, I'm a really happy go lucky guy. Very positive attitude all the time. But when you're talking about it, when I'm talking about it, I'm like, okay, let's just break it down. This is what's going on. It is bothersome. You can't avoid it. It's it's unavoidable. But one thing that I've I've enjoyed in like more of a sadistic way, but not maybe sadistic is not the right word, but what the fuck? But um, sorry. Look around. It's it's here. You know, we're in the dystopia. It's here. I mean, I bet you could probably make an argument going back even like 10 years, but it's never been so clear as with the advent of the masks. Once they put the masks on us, that's it. I mean, that was it, you know, and then throw the vaccine on top of it. Throw the vac- the experimental warp speed vaccine. Because I was like talking to my mom and you talk to these people and they, they're they're old and they don't really, you know, they get only what the cathedral allows them to hear. The cathedral is what Michael Malice, that's kind of how he describes the establishment, the deep state, the cathedral. And it's all linked together with the media. And so they, my parents only get what the cathedral allows them to, um, to see. And so they believe all these things. And I said, and my mom was trying to make the argument that the, the vaccine's safe and you should get it and this and that. And I'm like, mom, Donald Trump made the vaccine. You hate him. He warp speeded it. Does that not concern you at all? And she's like, well, that was good that he did that. And I'm like, you've never said a kind word about the man. But on this, you're going to give him that? But he's not a doctor. And she still trusts Anthony Fauci and doesn't see that he's a scumbag. And it's amazing. And I was telling her about the AZT thing, but she didn't even want to hear it. Sometimes my mom will I'll, I'll accidentally like break her brain for a second. I love my mom. Let me just make that clear. And we never really get into arguments, but sometimes, like I said, she'll get kind of heated and she'll go, no, no, it's not. 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 And she'll get into a feedback loop. And I've explained to you what a feedback loop is before, but it's like, it's a, it's kind of like a manifestation of like a fight or flight response. It doesn't have to be like a severe fight or flight response, but it's like a sympathetic nervous system. Like it kind of short circuits your brain. And you just keep repeating yourself. And it's like when guys are about to get into a fight and it's like, you want to go, bro? 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 It's a feedback loop. It's a feedback loop. And so I get, I probably told you about this before because it happens with my mom sometimes. And I'll just say the wrong or the right thing really, but it's the wrong thing for her. And you can't shatter that illusion. They, they, they cling. So it's like trying to, it's like trying to convince a very, very, very devout religious person 
that what they believe is not real. I'm not saying that, but I'm like, if you were going to do that and try to shatter that, I think that's less of an illusion than what these people believe. These people who replace their religion with politics and and modern medicine. It's so odd. And climate change. So they need to cling to that illusion and you can't shatter it. And so it's it's like a defense mechanism. And they'll they'll slip into this feedback loop and they just can't hear it. What you're going to say. They just can't hear it. Because I was trying to explain her the AZT thing. And I've explained this before too. You, I do this a lot. You can only... I guess you can only go so far before you start coming back to things. <clears throat> but Anthony Fauci killed a lot of people using experimental chemotherapy for HIV patients. And then they just said, oh, these people must be dying from AIDS. But they weren't dying from AIDS. They were dying from the quote-unquote treatment it was actually obviously not a treatment so I was trying to explain that to her she was like no 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 and then and then I I thought this is like an alley-oop because she brought up the flu because we talked about the mass and I was trying to say to her mom the dystopia is upon us and this is Born out by the masks like nothing could make it more clear that we are in the midst of the dystopia and I want you to do this just as like an exercise. I'm not I'm talking to you right now. Not my not what I'm saying to my mom. I'm talking to you right now. The next time you're in a populated area like a train station or something. I guess that's the first thing that comes to mind for me because I'm in train stations a lot. But the next time you're there just look around. And look at all the masked faces and don't allow it to become normal. You cannot allow it to become normal. I mean, that's really important. Don't allow that to become normal. Look around and recognize it for what it is. It is the dystopia. We are in the dystopian fiction. Obviously, things are not as bad as they could be, depending on what the book is. But I always point people to Brave New World. You should read Brave New World because in that book, it's not like 1984 where we're all wearing government-issued boots and uniforms and stuff and there's like this iron-fisted authoritarian government in brave new world it's like yes there's an authoritarian government and there's a lot of control and mind control that goes along but people like it and people don't really mind it and they go it's just a mask it's just a mask what's the big deal and my mom said at one point my mom said You've just made masks so important. And I said, no, no, no. Faces are important. Faces are important. You're inverting this. Faces are important. That's why I don't like the mask. Because faces are important. You see? For human interaction. Oh, that's that's now fringe. You think half of people's faces is important for human interaction? Are you a murderer? Are you a murder-suicider? You think people's faces are important for human interaction? Are you a murder-suicider? Do you want kids to commit murder-suicide by taking masks off their faces? Unbelievable. So my mom even brought up the flu, and we've talked about this. So you go, they, they, the people who are, who are hypnotized and living in the illusion, they don't want to bring up the flu. They will, but they shouldn't because it's tricky and it's really hard for them. 
because they've they've if they haven't heard it put side by side, it really confuses them and they don't know what to do and they kind of freak out. Because you go, they go, well, if the masks don't work, then why is there no flu? And you say, uh, because they classified flu cases as COVID cases. And they go, no, there was no flu because the masks work. And you go, okay, why were there so many COVID cases? And they go, because people weren't wearing their masks. Okay, then why is there no flu cases if people weren't wearing their masks? Because uh, um, people were wearing their masks. You said that you tried that one already. And then I asked why there were so many COVID cases. Yeah, because people aren't, people aren't wearing their masks. Yeah. Yeah, people aren't wearing their masks. That's why there's no flu vid. See, they just break. It just breaks their brain because you go, you can't do both of those things. You, You can't do both. You have to choose one. Either masks work. I, well, that that can't even work because <laughs> it's like masks work. That's why there's no flu, but no one wore masks. And that's why there was so much COVID, but there was no flu because people do were wearing masks. Actually, never mind. It's like that one. So if you are and you're not, I'm not talking to you, but if you're talking to one of these people who's in the midst of the hypnosis, it's like a good, it's a good way to break the hypnosis, but it's not pretty. It's not pretty to see someone go through that and they might get worked up. They might get mad. They might get emotional. You know, you're, this is like, this has become people's identities. I mean, it's the same way that people make climate change their identity. It's the same way that people make politics their identity. They've made COVID their identity. And if you break that, what are they going to do now? You've just, that's like a pillar of who they are and you've just shattered it. And it's like a really important argument. The flu argument is really important because the, the flu deaths drop by like 99%. I mean, it's obscene that they didn't think that anyone was going to figure out that that is a, that is like a smoking gun for the lie. You know, that's like, there's a lot of smoke coming from the flu argument. There's a lot of smoke over there, probably a fire, right? Good place to start if you want to break the illusion for someone, but it's tricky work and I don't recommend it, especially if you are do if it's someone you love, then maybe just allow them to live in the illusion and just don't talk about it. I, like I said, like we and my mom, we get along really well. And so we're able to do it. And sometimes she breaks into a feedback loop and that's okay. We get over it. We hug it out. It's fine. But if you're not willing to do that, some people like you might create a big issue and it's definitely not worth it because it's probably not going to work. It's very, very, very hard to break hypnosis. It's very hard to do. All right. I had to pause for a second. Um, I think I pretty much covered everything, but I'm going to continue. We're going to do, we'll do a longer episode right now. Buckle up. This will be part two. I'm not going to do a two hour episode, but maybe we'll do another like 20 or 30 minutes because we will talk about American history. We are going to talk about Alexander Hamilton. I'm going to take one more pause. I'll tell you what, I'm going to take one more pause here because I really got to pee really bad. I'm probably going to smoke a cigarette and then I'll tell you, I mean, I don't even have to tell you this because I could really just pause and act like, but I want to be honest with you. I want to be upfront with you. 
Okay. I'm a really honest person. I'm trying to live a life of truth. I'm going to tell you straight up. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to pause my recorder. I'm going to go pee. I'm going to smoke a cigarette. I'm going to gather the thoughts, gather the thoughts, gather the thoughts, because there's certain areas that I cannot actually go into because I'll explain. Hang on. Just sit tight. I'll be right back for you. It'll be no time at all. It'll be like no time has passed, but time has passed, but it'll really only be like five to seven minutes. Here we go. Taking a break, coming back. It's all good. You won't even notice. You're not even going to notice. All right. You know, it's funny. I live in Hoboken, so, and it's Friday night and it's, uh, what time is it? It's 10 o'clock. And so there's like drunk people out and about. And I just heard one guy going like, he was just yelling at like, it looked like his girlfriend. Not in a mean way. He was like, it was Joe Biden's laptop. He didn't, <laughs> I mean, Hunter, it was Hunter Biden's laptop. He never denied that it wasn't his laptop. I was like, I, I should have waved them over and be like, what are you guys talking about? Let's talk about this laptop. Hold on, taking a sip and we'll get into it. I had not realized. I, for a long time, had fancied myself a history buff because I had read the court historians as referred to by Donald Jeffries that I mentioned. But, you know, when you start reading alternative history for example if you read the devil's chessboard or mary's mosaic or family of secrets those are the three that i've read with regards to the jfk assassination and there's plenty i just recommend those three and those are from tim dylan because he recommended those and i was like okay i'll read those books and they're very good especially mary's mosaic and the devil's chessboard are especially good the devil's chessboard will give you a real real good idea of the CIA and the kind of things that they do and their history and how, you know, we just imported Nazis, basically Nazi leadership rather than sacrificing them. We were like, these are smart guys. We should bring them over here and have them work for us. That's what we did. Um, and then things like operation high jump. Oh man, it's, it's wild. So, um, <clears throat> like I should have suspected that the older history was even more warped, if not equally as warped as the history today. And that like, when you look at these political assassinations, there are, there's not, there's no lone gunman. There's no lone crazy gunman, maybe one or two, but most of these are well orchestrated and well covered up. And they're, they're so, when you look at like the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, and unfortunately I was horribly wrong about Abraham Lincoln. I thought he was like a really great president, the best president we ever had. I was very wrong. I was very, very, very wrong. And all it took really was kind of painting him in a different light and allowing to see from a different perspective what was really going on and things that are acknowledged, things that are acknowledged by court historians that they don't deny horrible things that Abe Lincoln did and but they justify it they always justify it they have their ways of justifying it but and I didn't even really want to talk about Abe Lincoln and I want to have receipts so I'm gonna reread this book and I'm gonna like just reread those chapters about Abe Lincoln and I'm gonna come to you with receipts 
because I don't want to just say these things because they're very inflammatory, even though they shouldn't be. This is actual history. But things that I was so wrong about, and I really thought that I knew history. I really thought I knew American history well, and I was very, very far off. But that's what you find the deeper you look into some of these things, and you need to find alternative sources. And that's where you're going to find way more compelling information where more evidence is provided. And it's not like I don't know the other side of the argument. I do. And for that reason, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I was so grossly misinformed about certain historical events because I at least got, I'm, I'm able to get both sides of it then and then decide which one's more credible. You know, I mean, we always talk about the JFK assassination, but what is more credible? A conspiracy to kill the president? A conspiracy largely orchestrated by the CIA to kill the president who said that he was going to shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces? Or one lone crazy gunman and a magical bullet? Ask yourself which of those seems more likely. And you try to have this conversation with people and it's tricky and it shouldn't be because they are of the mindset that they go, of course it was a magical bullet. What do you mean? And you go, oh my God. All right, let's just, let's just watch basketball or something. We're not going to, this is not going anywhere. This is not going to go anywhere. And um, I don't know, but with Abe Lincoln, like I'll just say quickly, and then we'll do we'll do a whole Abe Lincoln episode, I promise. And I'll, I'll gather. I shouldn't promise you episodes because I, I never do them. I always promise you. Sometimes I do. So, but just one thing, and it's very interesting. It's like this was total war, and it was one of the first examples, at least in more modern history, we'll say in the last, like, few hundred years that they engaged in total warfare in terms of like, you know, burning down people's homes and just scorched earth, scorched earth motherfucker on their own country, you know? And I I think that there it's a mix and it's just not what you think it is. And We've all heard this before, and it's cliche. The, the, the winners write the history. History is written by the victors. And why would that be any different for the Civil War? Why would that be any different? Ask yourself that question, and the answer is it wouldn't be any different. It wouldn't be. And that really, really is, it's just really tricky to tiptoe through that minefield. That's why I want to have receipts, and I want to have actual evidence that I can cite so you can't get that mad I mean he'll still make people mad they don't listen to this podcast maybe three of them do I'm sure we got a couple hate listeners and if you've made it this far now we're at an hour and 11 minutes I mean you're a goddamn trooper and I respect you you've earned my begrudging respect So when you think about it like that, I mean, these guys like Ulysses S. Grant, who I also thought was like a great president, a great general, William Sherman, I thought he was a great general. These were, these were psychopaths. I mean, they absolutely destroyed their countrymen 
people who were defending just their land, like these weren't slave owners. We, we get this warped perception that everyone who lived in the South owned slaves and supported slavery. It's just not true. It's not true at all. And so they are able to justify the behavior. And a lot of the victims were black people too. You think that this, the Northerners, these people were equally as racist as the people in the South. They just had a justification for their actions. So when they were out there raping black women, you know, that they stumbled upon in their, in their pillaging, they, they could still act like they were the good guys. Well, we, we freed you from slavery. What do you mean we can't rape you a little bit? I mean, this is what went on. Massive amounts of rape. I mean, it was like no different than the way we treated Native Americans. And then you look at the, the, the rubber band effect kind of or whatever, the boomerang effect. I don't know, whatever you would call it. But if you once you look into Reconstruction, too, because I thought Reconstruction was a good thing. It was not. Even Northern abolitionists who were in favor of the Civil War People like Thaddeus Stevens, Thaddeus Stevens said Reconstruction was a horrible failure. And a lot of like what happened afterwards with like Jim Crow laws and all these like codes and stuff was a reaction out of anger from the South who had been under military occupation, which was like an added humiliation to their defeat in this war. And it's similar to if you ever looked into certain, I mean, really, this probably applies to a lot of um, ethnic conflicts. And it reminded me of like, I read a book about the Bosnian genocide. And if you look at that, a lot of that is just atrocity met with atrocity met with atrocity. It's just going back and forth between Serbians and the Muslims who were living in Bosnia. And Overall, the Serbs were worse, but they would do horrible things to these Muslims. And then these Muslims in return would do horrible things to Serbs when they stumbled upon them, especially if they were civilians and stuff, because the Serbs had a stronger military and they would take it out on these people. So, you know, you just you got to be a little more um, objective. I know there's no such thing as objective truth and objective truth is um hate speech i think if i'm keeping up correctly i think um objective looking at something objectively i think is now hate speech but if you're able to do that then you have a completely different perspective on things and you're able to see it a bit more clearly why things were the way they were how they happened the way they happened so we'll talk about the Civil War and we'll talk about Abe Lincoln. We'll talk about revisionist history because it's not what you think it is. When you hear revisionist history, you think the people who turn people like Robert E. Lee into heroes. But there's a degree of that, of course. But it's also people who turn people like Abraham Lincoln into demigods when they have no right to that. And no one up until that point had just stomped all over the Constitution quite the way that Abe Lincoln did, and perhaps no one since. Although Woodrow Wilson definitely gave him a run for his money, and probably Woodrow Wilson was worse. But just one thing on Abe Lincoln, because this won't be... You've always heard about, like, 
he suspended habeas corpus and like did these kinds of things and you just brush that off like it's not a big deal it's a fucking big deal and you know what he did and i didn't realize this when i had always heard like oh abe lincoln threw journalists in jail for reporting negatively against the union and he like threw them in jail as traitors without a trial i thought he did that to like a few dozen journalists he did that to like 40,000 people so we're not talking about just a little thing that he did that can be forgiven and forgotten we're talking about 40,000 people he just threw in jail because they were critical of the state i mean that is some fucking next level authoritarianism and that's not even i mean it gets worse and we'll get into it but it's bad man and just like I said, like people like Ulysses S. Grant, and they, it's a slaughter. Oh, and one other thing. Another thing I've been so misinformed on. I read one book about Abraham Lincoln, and it was very pro-Abraham Lincoln. And it talked about uh, General McClellan, who was one of the generals of the Army of the Potomac. And General McClellan was very reluctant to engage in battle. And when you're reading the pro-Lincoln book, it makes him seem like a pussy and someone who's not responsive to the commander-in-chief. And like he was shirking his responsibility as a general. Like he was going against his commands and like he was just a big pain in the ass and you don't like him. But once you read like about like a more accurate depiction of what was going on, you realize that people like Ulysses S. Grant They wanted to fight a war of attrition. And if there's any time you don't want to fight a war of attrition, do you know what a war of attrition is? It's like, it's like more kills wins. It's like, let's just bleed them dry. That's what World War I became once they realized that there were stalemates all along the trenches, you know, all along the, the Eastern Front or whatever. And that's what World War II became. And it's just like, who can kill more of who? And who can muster more troops? And if there's one time you don't want to do that kind of war, it's when you're fighting yourself, such as a civil war. It's when the people you're fighting are your countrymen. You don't want to just kill them without even thinking about it, utilizing your own troops as cannon fodder. And just killing as many people as you can, sacrificing as many soldiers as it takes. You don't want to do that ever, especially in a civil war. And that's what Ulysses S. Grant was perfectly fine doing. And that's why Abraham Lincoln promoted him to be the head general and generals like William Sherman. And so it just totally changes. All of a sudden you read the pro-Lincoln book and you're like, this McClellan guy was a real pain in the ass and a pussy. But then when you read a more accurate depiction of the history, you go, McClellan just actually valued the lives of his soldiers. And this guy is the kind of general that you'd want to fight for. That guy's a real ass general. He was like, these are troops. These are people. And those people on the other side, even though we have an, like, you know, even though we're in the midst of a conflict, they're still Americans. I mean, they want to secede. They, you know, but he recognized that and he wasn't willing to just, engage in this slaughter so it just totally changes your perspective on it now we're at an hour and 20 minutes and i'll go into the beginning 1776 and we'll we'll talk about this and we could talk about this some more um 
I want to reread the book because it was so full of amazing information. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm actually not quite done with it, but almost we're getting there. So when you look at, I found this article and I'm debating whether or not I should read it. I'm not going to read it. Um, but at the beginning you have guys like, let's ask ourselves a question. Why does Alexander Hamilton celebrated? Why is he celebrated? And they got a Broadway play about him, even though he was our nation's first cuck. And why is there now the wokes are trying to tear down, in some cases, literally tear down statues of him. But why are they trying to tear down the reputation of Thomas Jefferson, who was probably our greatest, who was probably the best of the founding fathers? Because at least if you believe in the principles of liberty and freedom, he's your guy. Okay. You know, if you if you like this podcast, then you would have liked Thomas Jefferson. And I'll tell you something. Thomas Jefferson would love this podcast. If you brought Thomas Jefferson back, he would beat. He would see what the government has become. He would beat each of them to death with a cane. I imagine him doing this. Every senator, every congressman, woman, Joe Biden, Anthony Fauci, he would beat them all to death. While listening to my podcast, I bet you he would do that and he'd be and he'd be rocking out. He'd be rocking the fuck out, listening to my podcast, beating these people to death. Not that I endorse that. I'm just telling you what he probably would do because he would be livid what happened to him, what his creation, in part his creation. How far we have fallen from those ideals. And he was an anti-federalist and he felt that things should be handled in a local level. Now, I was reading this article that was like from the, um, I don't know, it was like constitution.org or something. I don't know. The Constitution Foundation, something like that. And uh, it said, like, if you look at the anti-federalist versus the federalist, and the federalists want a big, strong, powerful government, it's like, obviously, in hindsight, we know who was right. It was the Federalists. I was like, really? <laughs> you think that? That's amazing. I think if anything, we can look and, and say, in hindsight now, we can realize, no, that was a horrible, horrible idea. The Federalists and one of the main head Federalists was Alexander Hamilton. Now, he wanted to also establish a centralized bank. It's unconfirmed whether or not he was affiliated with the Rothschild family, but there's enough information there to say that it's a possibility, a real possibility. And so Aaron Burr at least pushed that. Not We did, there was the first national bank of the United States, the second national bank. Um, Andrew Jackson got rid of, I think, the second national bank. It wasn't really until the Federal Reserve was established that we officially were involved in this European banking system. And that's when Woodrow Wilson signed the death warrant of this nation, in effect, to an extent. Um, but Alexander Hamilton wanted to do that all the way back in 1787, you know, when they were going to ratify the Constitution. And this is the other thing that's very important about the Federalists versus the Anti-Federalists. The Federalists wanted the Constitution, and the Anti-Federalists did not want the Constitution. And you'll say, wait a minute, the Constitution is good, though. Well, here's the thing. The Anti-Federalists had to fight to include the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. The Federalists did not want the Bill of Rights, but they agreed to it. 
the Anti-Federalists said, you better have the fucking Bill of Rights in there. And you know who was one of the main founding fathers pushing for that was a guy named George Mason. And he makes one of the best arguments in favor of the Second Amendment because one of the most popular but weak counter arguments for the Second Amendment, they'll say a well-regulated militia. They'll say it's a militia. People are allowed to carry arms, bear arms for militia purposes. And George Mason said, what is the militia? It's the people, man. That's what the militia, he didn't say man. He wasn't like a hippie. It's the people, man. But it's obviously true. And then we, that, that, that's one of those things that just like you click immediately. You're like, yeah, that's that's what a militia is. A militia is literally like townspeople getting together to form like, a, you know, a military, whatever, if necessary. And it would be, obviously, it would be intended for defensive purposes. You wouldn't make a, you wouldn't gather together to go like, like the militia in practice, I guess perhaps you could form a militia for any purpose, but it would be, it would be created by necessity. You would have to need to have the militia. And that would probably mean that there's an external threat that's driving you to create a militia. But regardless, that's, that's it, man. It's over. That's the whole argument. Who's the militia? It's the people. So yes, the people can bear arms. I know, you know, I don't know what to tell you, man. You either get a situation where only the government has guns or everybody's got guns and there's really not a middle ground. And as badly as people want there to be a middle ground and like, well, maybe this person can have this kind of gun and, but this and this and this and this. And it's like, I, you know, I mean, also the, the same with the military grade weapon thing. It's like, what was a musket? That was a military grade weapon. So I don't know how you're going to make that argument either. I don't own a gun, but I am, I, I think that people should be armed. The, the people should be armed. This goes back to my argument. People, the government should fear the people. And you certainly shouldn't outsource violence to the government. The only people who can be violent with weapons are the government. Why would you want to do that? I'm not saying that people with guns should be violent. They should be able to defend themselves from the government. And then you got people like Joe Biden being like, we'll just nuke you. Good luck with that, Joe. Nuke your own country. That's a good idea. I'm sure Abraham Lincoln would approve. So anyway, um, that's why, see, the other thing about Alexander Hamilton is you want to form a committee of 250 legislators that would twice weekly come to his house and fuck his wife, and he would watch. You're talking about 250 guys run and train. Read the book, man. Okay, I made that up. But I'm not sure if I made it up in hindsight, knowing the man that Alexander Hamilton is. But this is the thing, and we'll finish with this. It's important for you to know and to be able to defend people like Thomas Jefferson because they try to drag him through the mud. And it's not so bad yet, but they will get there because it starts with the Confederate statues, but eventually they'll come for all of them. And you need to be prepared to, at least if you want to, be able to defend people like Thomas Jefferson. So one thing that people will point to is that 
Well, they'll point to that he was a slave owner. And then this is just an example of you, you, you're just, some people are utterly incapable of separating the current times from then. This isn't a particularly, I mean, it, this is the thing. This is a strong argument, but it won't be viewed as such. It's like, um, I was at a comedy show last night and one of the comedians was like, it was, it was Joe Mahoney. He has a joke. That's like, uh, you know, people say you're racist and you're like, no, I have black friends. And they're like, you can still be racist and have black friends. And it's like, and Joe's like, yeah, but it's a good start. You know, like that's a pretty good start. I think that's a good place to start. That's a great joke. And, um, I might've, I might've messed it up. I'm sorry if I did. But it's one of those arguments where people go, oh, well, that's fucked up. You can't say that. And it's like, no, but it is a good argument. I'm sorry that it's a good argument. I mean, they'll do that a lot. And they'll go, oh, everyone always says that. And it's like, maybe because it makes sense. You can't look at things as though it's 2021 in 1776. You can't do that. And then additionally, so that would be one thing. And additionally, he wrote in the original Declaration of Independence, uh, There, he wrote, very against slavery, the institution of slavery. And they actually made him take it out because they were like, this isn't going to fly, dude. People like Ben Franklin and John Adams who were advising him were like, this isn't going to work because they, they kind of worked on it together. Thomas Jefferson did most of the writing, but there were editors. And so they, they had him take it out. But he, so by that logic, he was one of the first abolitionists, one of the first people speaking out openly against slavery. And the other thing is that they'll say that he had a, that he impregnated one of his slaves. Now, here's the thing about that. And she was 16. So they'll, he's, they'll say he's a racist, rapist, slave owner. That's how they'll go after him. This is what I found out through this book that's, that's stunning. Because what's stunning about it is this. It's that they'll make this claim with just with no shame as though it is a fact because they heard someone else say it. And I had heard that before and I just accepted it as fact. Here's the truth. They based that off of genetic evidence that was taken over 200 years after the fact. And they pinpointed it to one of 25 people who could have been the father, one of whom is Thomas Jefferson. So basically there's a 4% chance based on 200 year old DNA that they gathered that Thomas Jefferson was the father of this 16 year old's child. That's what they're going on. They will assert it as though it is fact. There is a 4% chance based on some sketchy multi hundred year old DNA evidence. That's where they're making their argument from. So that's important. Listen, I've been doing this for an hour and a half and I'm pretty exhausted at this point. And I, 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 there's so much more to say and I'll do more about this American history stuff. I hope you find it as, as interesting as I do, because I, I, I think it's wonderful. I mean, not really in a way I do. And in a way I don't, because I think to myself, wow, it's not so much that I was duped. I've been duped many times before and I have no problem coming around and admitting that I was wrong. That's why one of my favorite, perhaps my favorite public figure 
if not one of like my five favorite public figures in American history is Malcolm X because hey what's up dude Nate walked in but this is already I'm at an hour and a half and I'm already done so this is a great timing and it worked out just fine honestly yeah all right well listen listeners you I love you as always and um remember to pay me and have a good night okay bye